So our basic training sermon series continues, and in that we're looking at some of the basic tenets of our faith. The first week we talked about the fact that our God is a triune God. We talked about the Trinity and and the mystery of that. Uh, Last week we talked about the person of Jesus and the fact that, that Jesus is viewed as fully human and fully divine, and we explored sort of the mystery around that. This week we're going to talk about the concept of salvation, this idea that we are saved. And there's lots of ways that you can talk about it. You can talk about different theories of atonement. Uh, you, you can talk a lot of different ways about it. But the idea of it is that we are saved. The, the Greek word is sozo, and it really means like well or safe. But in the New Testament, it's consistently translated as saved, that we are saved. We have salvation. If you stop and think about it, it's really kind of a unique concept. This idea that we are saved already, that we are saved in this lifetime. I mean, it's as far as I know, sort of a uniquely Christian perspective on faith. Most other religions, you try to be faithful, and if you're faithful enough, or you're good enough, or you do enough of the right things, then you get in. But we make this claim that we have that now, that we have salvation now. The idea of being saved, I don't know. I don't like it very much. Uh, It's kind of Maybe it's a uniquely American hang-up, but in order for me to be saved means that there is nothing I can do to save myself. There's not a thing I can do if I need to be saved, right? To, To have that little control in my life does not make Mike a happy camper. But in order for us to really be saved, We have to recognize that there is not a single thing that we can do other than believe in Christ. And I've had this debate with my mother for years, but she always used to tell me, well, you want to be good so you can get in heaven. You want to be good and do good things, and you want to reach out to other people so you can go to heaven. And as an adult, even before I was a preacher, I said, Mom, that's not how it works. You, you, you don't get brownie points. Now, whether you're good and nice and kind, maybe you get a better room when you get to heaven, but it's about faith in Christ. Have ye faith in Christ? Yes, I do. You're saved. Okay, you were an exceptionally good Christian, so you get the big room with a view. I don't know how that works. But I, I've had this debate with my mother for years and years and years, and I said, Mom, you can never be good enough. You're already taken care of. So we have this idea that in order to be saved, there's nothing we can do to save ourselves, And that's a place where we need to recognize really that we are. There's nothing that you can do to save yourself other than believe in Jesus Christ. 
So our text today comes from the book of Ephesians, not John and 1 Corinthians, as your bulletin says. My bad. So um, it's Ephesians. And I think in this particular text, we, we get a really clear view of salvation and what it means. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passion of our flesh, following the desires of the flesh and senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy out of great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him at the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that one may boast, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. I think this text really tells us everything that we need to know about salvation. It tells us it's a gift, right? So today I'm going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to give you my top five questions about salvation. This is Mike's list of the top five questions about salvation. You may have your own questions. You gotta work that one out yourself. These are my five top ones. How is salvation available to us? Who gives us salvation? Why is salvation available to us? Who is saved? And I am saved, so what? That's my favorite one. But we'll start with number five. How is salvation available to us? It is answered in verse 8 of the text that we read. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is only through the work of Jesus Christ and our acceptance of him that we are saved. It is a gift that comes to us from God because he loves us. And it is only through that in which we are saved. It is your faith in Christ alone that saves you. Nothing else can do it. Being a really great guy, being a really awesome mom, even being a preacher doesn't give you any leg up on anybody else. We're all like the pennies that Leanne talked about. Christ died for us all. It is only through faith in Christ that we are saved. Nothing else, you can't earn it. 
It is your faith in Christ alone. And it is a gift. It is a gift that has been given to each one of us. And the truth of the matter is you have to open it. You have to open it and say, yes, yes, Lord, I accept this gift of redemption that has come to me through the work of Jesus Christ. Sounds kind of simple. Kind of scary simple, really. I mean, I don't know about you, but being an ex-banker, I kind of am like, where's the hook? Really? Just faith. It's kind of scary simple. But that is where our salvation begins. Question number four, who gives us salvation? God and God alone. Not your pastor, not the Pope, not the President of the United States, not that really judgy person that down the street who who judges you all the time. She's got nothing to say about whether you get to heaven or not. It's God and God alone. God will save whom God will save, period. Now, some of you may may be remembering a few weeks ago, I I preached a sermon and I told you about Paul's writings in Romans 9, 10, 11, where he he puzzles through uh, the Jews. And are they saved or are they not? And his conclusion is basically, yes, they are saved because God made a promise and God will keep his promise. It's a mystery. I don't understand it. Your opinion on the matter has zero to do with who's going to be saved. You have nothing to do, nothing to say about it. So I have this vision of me walking around heaven. And I'm walking around, and I look, and I'm like, oh, who let you in? Wow. Oh, who let, how'd you get in here? But you know what? I'll guarantee you there are going to be people walking around heaven and they see me and they're going to go, what? How did you get in the door? The same may be true of you. There may be people in heaven that you are not expecting to be there. And some may be surprised by your presence as well. God will save whom God will save. And look, we love to think about God of love and a God of grace. And God is all those things. I mean, he's given us this gift of of the work of Jesus Christ. But he's also a God of judgment. We will all stand before God someday to be judged. None of us will have lived a life worthy of admittance to God's grace. It's really as if Jesus is standing there saying, okay, Pop, I took the punishment for him. Let him in. We will all face a day of judgment, and we will be like those pennies that Leanne talked about, except we are pennies who are loved by Christ that made a sacrifice for us. And let me be clear about the work of Jesus. He did miracles and he was crucified on a cross 
and he was resurrected. And it is in the resurrection that all of the power of the previous things comes from. Without the resurrection, Jesus is just another dead guy on a cross. It is the resurrection that gives everything that came before the power to redeem us, to let us be washed white as snow. Question number three, why is salvation available to us? I can answer that with one word, love, L-O-V-E. God loves us in a way that really is beyond our ability to understand. Salvation is available to us because God loves us. And it's really kind of a mystery as to why God loves us so. So I like to watch movies, and I, I kind of have a fondness for watching movies. Well, first I love action movies, but um, I also like to watch movies that, that are, even if they're just completely fiction and hogwash, um, that make statements about God or faith. And there's one such movie that's full of hogwash called Constantine. It's not about the emperor. Anybody seen it? Wow, nobody in here seen it. Oh, some of these folks. It, it's an interesting movie. The, the concept of it is that the Gabriel, angel Gabriel, is jealous of man's status. And because of that, and in this movie, Gabriel is a woman, Gabriel is going to bring the son of Satan to the world to basically purge us and make us worthy of God's love. And it makes no sense with any real theology out there. It's a fictional movie. Let me be clear about this. But even in these sorts of movies, you can find perhaps some redeeming value. So in this particular scene, the angel Gabriel has her foot on Constantine's throat and kind of has him incapacitated. And she says this, which has always really stuck with me. Says, you're handed this precious gift, right? Each one of you granted redemption from the Creator. Murderers, rapists, and molesters all of you, you just have to repent. And God takes you into his bosom. <clears throat> in all the world, in all the universe, no other creature can make such a boast save man. It's not fair. That is our status before God. <clears throat> that is how much God loves us that, that he offers us something that, that nothing else in creation is offered. And I don't know if there's some other planet off over there with sort of non-human creatures that have not been offered this, but what I do know is you have been. You have been offered the gift of redemption through faith in Christ. 
no matter what you've done, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how horrible a person you are, redemption can be yours. In all the universe, that opportunity is unique to us. Question number two. Who is saved? Verse 5 answered that. Those who are alive in Christ. Those that believe in Jesus Christ. We are the saved. Our scripture tells us that those who have faith in Christ are saved. Let me point out that you have nothing to do about who is saved, what is saved. That's strictly God's call. The who is saved are those that believe in Christ. And I don't know exactly what that means. Somebody after the first service asked me about that question. Are we saved through our faith? Are we saved through faith, through Christ's faith? And, And the answer is yes. It's both. We are saved because of the work of Christ and his faith that he showed. But one of the requirements is that we have faith in Jesus Christ that he is our savior and our redeemer. God will save whom God will save, and we have no say. And then my favorite question, I'm saved, so what? Well, let me tell you what salvation is not. Salvation is not a golden ticket to heaven. You don't get to put it in your pocket and say, "Woo, I'm in. I'm going to go do what I want. Being saved is not an invitation for you to go around and do whatever the heck you want to do because I'm forgiven. I'm good. (coughs) Read the book of Corinthians. First Corinthians. Paul's writing to them because that was the attitude they took. We're in. Woo! We're golden. No. Salvation is not a golden ticket. Salvation is something that we experience the moment that we say yes to faith in Christ. Salvation is something that we experience in this lifetime. It's not something that we aspire to something that we have now. Because we have faith in Christ, we know that the end of our life is not the end. It's just the end of our life here on earth. And I don't know about any of you, but I am not afraid of death. I might be afraid of how I go. I mean, I don't want to get hit by a bus or have an anvil fall out of the sky on me. 
Yeah, that bothers me a little bit, the how part. But, but at the end, I have no fear of death. Yes, I will miss the ones that I leave behind. Uh, hopefully, I get to look down on them from heaven and check in on them every now and then. But because you have salvation, in this lifetime means you don't have to fear death. Years ago, I had a woman that had come to me and told me that she had stage four cancer. And I was the first person she told. She hadn't told her daughter she didn't have a husband. And she was talking to me. And her diagnosis was bleak. And I'm the pastor, right? And I'm trying to sit there and give her some hope. And she looks at me and she grabs my hand and she said, Mike, I don't need any hope. I know how this ends. I don't know how this is going to turn out with the cancer, but I know how this ends. And because we experience salvation, we know how this lifetime ends. God wins because God wins, we win. because you experience salvation in this lifetime. You have the peace of Jesus Christ being with you all the time. No matter how alone you might feel, no matter how desperate the times are, you are never, ever alone. Even though you may feel alone, you are not. Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God the Father are there with you. That's part of what it means to experience salvation, is some of it is happening in this lifetime. But yes, we don't have to fear death either. And that's a powerful gift, brothers and sisters. A powerful gift. So you're saved. So what? My question for you is, what are you going to do about it? You have been given the most amazing gift in the universe. Redemption from the creator of the universe through faith in Christ. Are you just going to put your golden ticket in your pocket, go skipping down the street? Woohoo! Are you going to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Jesus was pretty clear about what he expected of us. Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them all that I have taught you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You are saved. So what are you going to do about it? Are you going to go share the good news? that this is available to all the other pennies out there? You're just going to sit on your hands and say, yeah, I'm good. You've been given the gift of salvation. You're getting to experience it in this lifetime. Are you going to share it? 
Are you going to tell other people about it? Or are you going to keep it to yourself? You are saved. So what are you going to do about it? Let us pray. Gracious God, we claim this mystery of a gift, this mystery of a gift that is redemption, that is salvation. Honestly, Father, we don't really understand how it all works, but we say yes, yes to that gift, yes to you. And we ask, Father, that you would help us to be your hands and feet in this world that we can do some things to help make us at least a little worthy of this amazing gift of redemption and salvation that we have received. Father, make us bold to go out into the world to share the good news that redemption, salvation is available for all who have faith in Christ. Let us be beacons of that love and grace that people may be attracted to you through us. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.